This is Africa I Gotcha, your one-stop podcast for informative, factual, and interactive news and updates for Africa, across Africa, and the globe. Moyo, that's our African greeting of the day. Moyo means good day, and I will say goodbye in the same language at the end of this podcast, and then reveal where it's from. Every podcast, we start off with an African greeting celebrating the more than 3,000 communities that make up this continent. This is Africa I Gotcha and Emo presenting. We're on our 66th episode today with listeners from across the world. We're on Google Podcast and Apple Podcast too. Please subscribe. In today's podcast, it's all about agriculture And in our feature section, we'll be sharing some numbers that we need to be aware of if we're to get a better understanding of food and agriculture on the continent and major happenings around our food system. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. So, in our feature stories today, we'll hear about a hope farmer in East Africa. We'll also hear about a new weather forecasting system developed for Sub-Saharan Africa in partnership with University of Leeds. We'll also hear about cemeteries, mass graves and water tables in relation to victims who have died from COVID and more. Every single podcast, we have an interesting fact on Africa. Today, we want to tell you that did you know that Africa is the most centrally located continent in the world? Both the prime median, zero degrees longitude, and equator, zero degrees latitude, cut right across it. Today, also, being Agriculture Day, the day we talk about food, and various things. Did you know that 21% of the sub-Saharan African nations have one or two more products accounting for the total exports? Most of these exports are in the form of agricultural produce. Okay, so now let's get ready for our global news from around the world. So our news starts off in France, where French intelligence agents who spied on the children of Rwanda's most wanted genocide fugitive tracked him down to an apartment in a Paris suburb and ended a 26-year-long manhunt. The head of the police unit who arrested Felicia Kabuga said that the inquiry gathered pace in March after an intelligence-sharing meeting between investigators from France, Britain and Belgium home to some of Kabuga's children, as well as Europe's Europol Law Enforcement Agency and a team from the UN Tribunal. The coronavirus lockdown paralyzing most of Europe meant that many investigations were put on hold, allowing for a focus on Kabuga's file, says Eric Emerox, who's the head of the Central Office for Combating Crimes Against Humanity. The dragnet closed in one of the alleged chief financiers of the Rwandan genocide suspected of bankrolling and arming 
and arming the militias that slaughtered 800,000 ethnic Tutsis and moderates Hutsus in 1994. In Morocco, the Moroccan designer Anwar has launched his unisex label a little over four years with focus on traditional Moroccan handcrafts. His creations went on to capture the attention of, of the prestigious publications and securing him a spot on Forbes Africa 30 under 30 class of 2020. Today, the designer is launching a new initiative of a youth mentorship program which will help move the African fashion industry further into future by nurturing emerging labels from the continent amid the coronavirus pandemic. I was hearing from a lot of young creatives that they were really struggling to keep up with their motivation and make and meet, shared the designer with Arab News as he launched his program. We will be sharing the site for the Facebook for any young designer who's tuned into this program to be able to know how to get access to these resources. Initially, the program was exclusive to Morocco's creative community. However, within hours, the designer began receiving applications from designers and photographers, stylists, and models from across the countries scattered across Africa, including Sudan, South Africa, Ghana, and Botswana. I have decided to open the program for everyone that could really benefit from it, no matter where they're located in the world, he explained. Meanwhile, Nigerian President Buhari on Saturday received his country's share of the Corona's herbal cure COVID organics. The Made in Madagascar cure was delivered to Buhari Bird, Guinea President Mbalu, who was in Abuja on an official visit. Buhari subsequently ordered that the consignment be sent to the necessary regulatory bodies for tests before a decision on administering it will be made. We have our institution systems and processes in the country and any such formulations should be sent to them for verification. I'll not put it to use without the endorsement of our institutions, he stressed. Madagascar donated a consignment of the controversial cure to the West African bloc ECOWAS. The donation was sent through Guinea-Bissau. A number of countries have received the supplies according to the report. The ECOWAS commissions weeks back dismissed reports that it had ordered for the cure. It said it supported traditional efforts for medical cure, but would only endorse scientifically approved drugs. African skies could experience increased activity earlier than other continents due to the planned evacuation of people seeking to return home from across the world. This view was advanced by Telewode, the CEO of the Ethiopian Airlines. In an interview, the CEO spoke of the return to operations, and I quote, Here in Africa, we expect to be slightly faster in recovery. This is against the backdrop that global flights are forecast to keep up to two years to return to 2019 levels. Air travel was one of the most impacted economic centers as most countries across the world closed their airspaces to passenger flights, saving some instances for medical and emergency landings. The European United States and a number of Western governments have also arranged flights to evacuate the citizens across the continent, with Ethiopian at the forefront of these operations. Conversely, African governments, mostly Kenya, 
South Africa, Nigeria and Uganda have all moved to evacuate stranded citizens from different parts of the world. Again, Ethiopian, one of the few airlines that continued operations, have been key in these flights. From Asia, in India and Bangladesh are bracing for the biggest storm in 20 years, a Category 5 storm, and already millions of people have moved to safer grounds. The storm will hit the Bay of Bengal, and mudslots are expected. News from the U.S. says that President Trump says he is considering permanently withdrawing U.S. funding from the WHO um, World Health Organization. Johnson & Johnson will also stop selling its talcum-based baby powder in the U.S. and Canada after being ordered to pay out billions of dollars in lost legal battles over claims that the product causes cancer. However, they'll still maintain the product across other global markets. In the UK, the government is under intense pressure as it, pressure as it announced that it would be opening up schools on June the 15th. And Cambridge University has suspended all face-to-face -face classes for the next academic year, stating that all teaching will be done online. Brazil sadly has recorded the biggest rise and increase in infections, which has gone up by a record 13%. And finally, Google is currently facing pressure after being called out for being, for not being inclusive and diverse enough in its hiring policies. Google has also announced that its physical location office attendance shall not exceed a 30% max. Time for Africa, I gotcha. And today it's all about farming, food things, and agriculture. So last year in 2019, according to the UN's projection and the fast-growing Africa's population, it has been projected that Africa's population will double by 2050 from 1 billion to nearly 2.4 billion people. Findings have also shown that the levels of mechanization on African farms still remains below expectation, despite various advocacies by experts on the importance in food production chain. So um, this report from the United Nations uh, Agricultural Organization, FAO, says that in Africa, we have less than two tractors per 1,000 hectares of cropland. Yes, that is two tractors per 1,000 hectares of cropland. As a pet of Southeast Asia and Latin America, we have 10 tractors per 1,000 hectares. This development points to the fact that the absence of mechanized agriculture results in low production in many aspects of food production within our systems in Africa. So did you also know that according to AFDB, that's the African Development Bank, Africa spends 35 billion yearly on food imports, a situation which if everything continues the same in terms of our systems and in terms of our current policies, will be projected to rise to 110 billion by 2050. Sadly, there is enough technologies to achieve Africa's green revolution. There exist, but mostly they're just sitting on the shelves. The challenge is there's lack of supporting policies to ensure that they're scaled up 
to reach the millions of farmers. So anybody who's currently farming in the farming business should realize that uh, there is a market across the continent before we even export to Europe, China, or anywhere else across the globe of 35 billion that we spend as Africa yearly, of which we need to be able to fulfill. So in January 2020, um, the Nigerian government disclosed its plan to sort of drive on mechanized farming by having a full technology transfer covering all stages of agriculture, from agricultural production to industrial production, packaging and marketing. So the federal government also decided to borrow a billion to boost its mechanized farming. And this loan was voted from the um, the Dutch bank that's in Germany and also the Brazilian Development Bank, and also from the Islamic Development Bank to purchase farming equipment for local farmers. So according to Sabu, who is the Minister for Agriculture and Rural Development, Nigeria is expected to purchase 10,000 units of tractors and 50,000 of assorted implements and equipment for assembly in Nigeria. The minister has also emphasized as a minister in Nigeria that it needs not less than 60,000 tractors and mechanization is a top priority for Nigerians. So um, he further stated that there's only, you know, um, so, you know, this is actually data that he shared about also comparing and speaking about other geographies apart from Nigeria. So he said that there's only seven tractors in Nigeria per 100 square mile. And like in Kenya, with those 700 tractors per 100 square miles. As always, I will be sharing a link to the article so that you can fact check and also get some more information. So now let's go into the new weather forecast system that's been developed in Africa that will allow metro met metrologists to track approaching storms in real time and potentially saving lives from climate-related disasters. So last week on Monday, the technology, um, you know, this is actually being said by David Koros, who's a principal metrologist at the Kenya Meteorological Department. And the project that they've been working with has been in partnership with scientists also from the University of Leeds. And this weather forecasting system is what Kenya has used this year to predict and to know exactly some of the devastating um, weather and climatical factors which were shared out in time to individuals and to governments. But still, unfortunately, not too much was done in terms of response. Then our other story is from Mutuma. Mutuma is the managing director and the herb exporter of a company called Jumbo Fresh. And he has reaped the benefits of a thriving horticultural sector that has become a major driver of Kenya's export revenue. However, in the recent weeks, his bounty has become a burden uh, because of the measures put in place to control the spread of the novel coronavirus. And it sadly led to international buyers cancelling order and has brought exports to a standstill for more than a month. So let me quote what Mutuma says. He says that this year we have found ourselves in a big mess, stuck with produce that we can neither sell nor consume due to the coronavirus um, pandemic. 
So interestingly, uh, you know, he's had to he had 300 workers, but he has had to lay off 50 of them again. I have shared the full story in the link below and you can go on and read the full details for yourself. And then finally, we're in Zimbabwe where 7.7 million people face food shortage, which is not just, which is a result of a drought which occurred in 2019 and a cyclone. And um, this has been made worse by the monetary wars, the economic crisis, and the latest figures from Zimbabwe show that actually 8.5 million Zimbabweans are now food insecure. Yes, international agencies have also predicted that up to 45 million people across um, southern Africa are due to be hit by food shortages that is also induced by climatic change. So um, the government in Zimbabwe has a food grant of about 2.4 billion Zimbabwean dollars, which is equivalent to about 96 million US dollars, and it's targeting a million people for six months. Again, the link of the full story is going to be there for you to be able to look and read. So this is, this is an interesting one. So um, researchers and scientists are actually worried about what may happen with mass graves and environment. And environmental experts are also worried that with the death tolls spiking in South Africa, could this affect and how long does a virus survive in water because of the water tables and the poorly planned burials that have also resulted as a matter of the coronavirus. So they're worried about pathogens meeting and lingering into the water. So again, um, the University of Pretoria is looking into that and um, we have shared the link to that story for you to be able to also look and read. Loads to say around agriculture. We finally end up in Ghana where they have a system called the Interactive Voice Response, an IVR platform. And it's increasing access to agronomic and other production support information by farmers and communities that produce cocoa, oil, palm and other food staples. The platform is compatible with basic features and Android phones. It allows the target audiences to receive pre-recorded messages in real time. It's also an important part of a remote support approach that helps them to quickly access the ground situation to generate response plans and interventions. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. Oh yeah, time to say goodbye. And the language that I spoke to you in at the beginning is called Shiluba. Shala Bimba. That is goodbye, and the Luba community live in DRC. The Luba people, or Baluba, are an ethno-linguistic group indigenous to the south-central of the Democratic Republic of Congo. The Luba society consisted mainly of miners, smiths, woodworkers, porters, crafters, and people of various other professions. Their success and wealth grew greatly over time. But this also caused a gradual decline to marauding band of slavers, robbers, and terrorists 
from among Portuguese and Omani-led or influenced evasions. Great having you as always. And to all our new listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Keep coming back. Remember to subscribe to us. We're on Apple Podcasts and also on Google Podcasts. And as always, stay safe, stay alive, social distancing, proper washing of your hands with lathering of soap and running water. Remember, if you wear your mask, wear it properly. And this is at MO saying, see you next time. We are still a